0: Today on CityCast Boise, housing prices are falling, but rent's still pretty high, and the North End stands up to hate. And oh my god, this gorgeous weather. It's our first ever Weekly Chatter episode featuring newsletter writer Blake Hunter and producer Jennifer Jarrett. We're chatting about the stories that stuck with us this week. It's Friday, October 14th, 2022. I'm Frankie Barnhill and this is city cast Boise I'd love to start with actually this article this great article from Boise dev that yeah outlined basically the latest uh, news around median home prices and gave a little bit of a scope of how things have changed in recent months we've Heard about this a little bit, but this kind of really hit the hit the point home, which is that Ada County median home prices have fallen by 10% since May. Um, yeah. That was, of course, when it was, oh, my God, over $600,000 uh, was in May, but now we're, you know, 10% less than that. So yeah, I've been watching Zillow, uh, as everybody in Boise does. (laughs) It's probably like third used app or something. Uh, But I'm a renter, and I'm watching these prices come down on these home prices. But it's not as though I'm jumping off my couch saying, get me in, I'm ready now. Because there's a lot of other things going on. Um, Blake, what else are you seeing when it comes to these home prices and how it's affecting not just people who want to buy, but also renters?
1: Yeah, I mean... So we saw this at the beginning of the pandemic, or beginning of kind of the housing prices going way up, which is just that housing prices for homes went up before rental prices did. Right. Um, and the same is happening on the decline a little bit. So the rental declines are, are lagging a little bit behind, uh, which is a bummer for those of us who are <laughs> renters um, because we're not, yeah, we're not getting that benefit as much. And another factor of this is people who maybe at any really any point in the last five years or so would have sold their houses are now holding on to them and just renting them out instead. Mm. Um, So, you know, that's not really helping the renter's market as much just because it's still those are being catered to more towards higher income renters. And even though the median rent uh, has gone down just a little bit, it's still more than like the hourly wage kind of accommodates for if you're trying to hit that 30% income to housing ratio. Right. Yeah, that's still just that's the the math just isn't there right now for the median median hourly wage.
0: Right, right. For anybody who's yeah working locally or whatever, it's it's Boise wages because we of course heard in the early pandemic days about people moving here and keeping their jobs and uh, remotely from yeah. the Bay Area or whatever and making a lot mm-hmm. more. But if you're making a Boise wage. Yeah, it's still really hard both to find rentals and of course to actually to actually buy a place. What is that median rent?
1: Yeah, the median rent right now is just over 1400 um which the hourly wage is about 23 just over $23 an hour which includes, you know, some people who probably own houses or, you know, are working remotely but, you know, making more money. So, that's probably not the median Renters' mm. uh, hourly wage, you know,
0: right, right, that's a whole population, yeah, yeah,
1: right, yeah. So, to hit that 30% income to housing ratio, someone paying for that $1,400 uh, apartment would have to be making about $56,000 a year, which you know, at least a lot of people my age I know that are renting are not making that much money, uh, and are, yeah. are paying about that much in rent,
2: yeah that's so crazy. I mean $1400 that's still like that's a big mortgage, you know? Yeah, like That's more than a mortgage <laughs> in a lot of cases. Yeah.
0: Right? But then you go if you need to, okay, sure, that's that's more than some mortgages in Boise, although not so much anymore when I do the the mortgage uh calculators when I'm looking at these houses on Zillow and then I move over to sure. my mortgage calculator. But you know, yeah, and that's the big thing is, you know, someone like me who's for all intents and purposes, I've got I've got a great job. I'm uh, really privileged, um, and you know, it could be interesting to try and get into the market right now. But I'm still I'm feeling nervous. It feels like there's just too much churn, too many factors, and you know, getting together a down payment while being a renter is a challenge if rents high, right? Um, and there's inflation, of course, higher mortgage rates. We're seeing that too, and all those those factors add in. Jennifer, though, I wanted to, to talk to you a little bit because you're the you're the one homeowner in, in this podcast recording. And uh, what's it like to kind of be in the housing market, actually own a home, but to be seeing these wild, or not necessarily wild swings. We've definitely seen it get way worse. Like 2008 was much more of a swing, but 10% drop since May. That's, that's not something to uh, ignore.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm not too, I'm not worried, I guess, about the Ten percent drop right now, just because we're not you know we're not selling so okay. it, it doesn't really apply, sure. but I can tell you that back in two thousand nineteen when we bought i mean it felt bananas mm. then, mm. and uh I mean all the things that they tell you you know buying a home is a really emotional um kind of experience and it's an emotional purchase, and we were. Uh, like we're not going to be those people. We know what to expect. We made all our lists. Here's what we're not willing to budge on. These are the other things that we are. And, you know, just throw all that out the window, (laughs) throw it all out the window. We were crazy. We were crazy. And we were in these like, um, you know, the bidding wars and, you know, definitely finding ourselves just like pushing, oh, that little bit more, that little bit more, that little bit more. And thank goodness that we didn't win any of those uh, bidding wars because we would be eating cat food Mm. um, for sure. (laughs) But I mean, it, yeah, it was nuts. We got really lucky. Um, But then during the course of the pandemic and then shortly after, you know, yeah, like just watching Redfin or getting uh, notifications from some of those real estate apps. I mean, it was nuts. Like inside of a year, maybe a, a year and a half, completely priced out. There's no way we could afford our home. Wow. Um, and, and and you know, no, listen, that said, I think, you know, a home is worth whatever somebody is willing to pay sure. for it. And so I'm not sure that those are really ultra realistic indicators of what, you know, what the value is, but still, yeah, it was, it was absolutely crazy. I mean, you know, it, it basically doubled in 18 <laughs> months. And so, you know, it, I think it's a good thing. Absolutely. That, that prices are coming down. Um, and then, you know, the other thing I would say about this whole thing um, for renters is, you know, I mean, I don't I don't think we made the wrong decision. Time will tell. But I think it's worth considering kind of, uh, how do I say this? It's almost like there's this, uh, like the American dream, right? right? Like everybody's aiming to own their own home and own property. I'm not I don't know. I mean, I think that there's real value in um, being thoughtful, taking your time, you know, maybe working with a financial advisor and gaming it out because, you know, there are lots and lots of costs associated with buying that... um you don't really take into consideration and uh you know i'm just i'm not always 100% sold on this idea that renting is throwing your money away
0: hmm right yeah. i mean got to live somewhere everybody's got to live somewhere I, I do think of course you know there's the you know we know that uh not owning a home Um, In America, at least, uh, is really uh, it sets you back for retirement, for all kinds of Mm -hmm. financial goals. And as an elder millennial who went through the worst recession since the Great Depression right when I graduated college, like I'm super sensitive (laughs) to thinking about like, what is the future and my anxiety around seeing prices go up and down? I mean, that's why it has made me definitely cautious um, and, you know, be willing to stay a renter when We could, we could like scrape it up, scrape it together if we really wanted to, but also like, oh, is it the neighborhood we want to be in? And what is this even, I mean, did you have to make compromises like that about where the house was or what exactly it was when you, when you got into the market in 2019? I mean,
2: great question. Again, I I just, I wish I could underscore how lucky we were because, uh, I mean, we just we started looking, you know, naturally, you know, we were we were renting on the north in the north end because we had pets and we wanted a month to month lease and we needed a garage for all of our stuff that we were moving from a home um, here to Boise. We had never been to Boise. We knew nothing about Boise. And so that's where we started. So naturally, we started looking there. I mean, very quickly, like, you know, in moments, we realized, okay, not attainable. Um, And so, yeah, we ended up in a different neighborhood, which it turned out to be just absolutely the best thing ever, uh, because we're someplace that, you know, it it just feels more like a fit for us. And um, access to downtown, access to the highway, all that is just way better. Yeah, so, you know did we compromise? Uh, no, we, we got, we just got super lucky. Um, and mostly because we were, you know, we were just completely uneducated buyers when we came in. So it all, it all kind of worked out.
0: Blake, what do you and your friends talk about when you, when you think about this, you know, you're a recent, uh, Boise state grad. Uh, -hmm. what do people say? Are they thinking about moving away? Does it feel like Boise is a place that they can live? and And have a home, whether it's that they're renting or they're thinking about buying someday soon.
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's really pretty simple for the most part, where I mean, I think one of my friends owns a home, and that's because, like they're very aware that they like had a lot of help from their family in doing that. Everyone else really loves Boise, really wants to stay here. But just doesn't know, you know, if that's going to be feasible. Because at this point, you know, we sure we all have places to stay now. But if the prices don't go down or don't keep going down, it, it's hard to make it work. Um, and it's hard to kind of have the idea of like building wealth. You know, once you've graduated college, like the goal right. now is to try to like build up, get ready for retirement. Uh, or at least like just start thinking about right. that kind of thing. And if you're just <laughs> chucking away half or more than half, I know a lot of friends like are throwing away more than not throwing away, like you said, Jennifer, but when it's more than half of your paycheck, it does kind of feel like yeah. throwing it away.
0: Yeah. With more than yeah. 50% going to rent. Yeah. that That's scary. That does not it's feel really comfortable. It's really
1: scary. And, you know, yeah, again, I have a lot of friends who really love Boise and we do want to stay and, you know, it's a great place to live, but it's not a great place to pay to live.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's the thing too, you know, when you just think about like all the energy and the youth and, you know, just kind of the creativity and all of that kind of like moving out of the city. It just, it
0: feels like, yeah, it's just a real bummer. Yeah. It, I mean, it was mm-hmm. one of the main reasons why I moved to Boise 11 years ago was because of the cost of living and how inexpensive yeah. it was. And that story is not the same for you, Blake. Um no. And for your friends. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it is kind of surprising. You know, something you just said, Jennifer, just made me think of this Is like, I'm kind of surprised at like how much of an artistic community is like still thriving here, despite like the housing costs, just because like, you know, it's hard to make money while you're doing art and things like that. So I'm just very grateful that we still have like the cultural uh, communities going on that we do have despite this.
0: Okay, and last big big story that I wanted to chat about this week is around this this awful story from last week actually that hopefully kind of has a positive uh ending right now at least. Um which is that yeah, this couple, um, this married uh, gay couple in the North End. Um, their names are Brett Perry and John Michael Shirt. I know them personally. They're awesome. They do a lot in this community for the arts and uh, for speaking up for, for Boise across uh, the country. And they had a progress flag, um, which is the LGBTQ flag with also Black Lives Matter and Trans Lives Matter um, in front of their home, you know, at their whatever, in their flagpole. And they found that it had been burned overnight, partially burned. Mm -hmm. Blake, you wrote about this in the newsletter. What kind of stood out to you about that story? Because there is a little bit of positive uh, coda that we'll put on it, but let's start with what actually happened.
1: Yeah. There's a few things to note about this story, which is just that, like, it is by no means in isolation. Mm, um, yeah. So this is the third time that this this specific house uh, has had this happen. Uh, well, I should say this is the first time it's been burned.
0: Yeah, I think it was wh- the first one was stolen. The second one, yeah. had some like substance poured on it, and their camera was obscured okay. by the same thing. And then yeah, this third time was it? It was partially burned.
1: Yeah, th- and then this third time it was also like the the camera was also covered up. Yeah, that's interesting to note. It's interesting to know that it happened in the North End. Um, which sometimes I wonder, kind of like the the pride flags along Harrison Boulevard, um, every June they get torn down. Um, and sometimes I do wonder if like the North End is targeted just because it is kind of known as, mm. you know, a more liberal hub. Mm-hmm. But something else, like two other things that I would mention that happened last week as well is just like the Community Center, uh, which is a local queer and trans focused like nonprofit, does a lot of events, does some education stuff. Some of their windows were also broken. Um, and I from what I know, I I haven't heard any uh progress on an investigation on that. And then just I believe the night before uh this couple's flag was burned, um a Ukrainian woman's uh Ukraine flag oh, in the right. north end was also torn down. Yeah. So just kind of like this whole slew of stuff um of vandalism happening, but I, I will say I think like the image of seeing a burned flag it is uh is a little bit more is a little bit different it's a little bit more serious um and just a little bit more intimidating but at the same time i i do appreciate the couple's response of essentially being like well this has happened before probably going to happen again we're just going to keep putting them up and i mean What else can you do, I guess, is the question.
0: Right. And I think another another point in this is that, um, you know, it's not considered right now the Boise police, it sounds like they're still investigating this particular flag burning um, as harassment, um, Mm -hmm. but they can't. It's not investigating it as a, a hate crime because, of course, in Idaho, um, LGBTQ folks are not protected by the state constitution, yeah. which means that they're not. Um, yeah, there's not a hate crime for for something like this uh, against this couple. So that's you know should definitely be highlighted. But yes, there has been this real outpouring of support for them, but also in general for the queer community and um, other marginalized groups and people are flying flags even more the, i guess their whole neighborhood really has flags uh now and and yeah. everybody you know that's that's of course uh, a great a great thing to see and something that um again in the north end uh is not surprising that that people are are stepping up to support each other who live there
1: yeah something else i would mention too is just like i guess as someone like in this whole team has obviously like paid a lot of attention to this This just feels very unsurprising, I think, especially after this summer, Um, like the the Coeur d'Alene Pride stuff, um, the more recent stuff in September that happened with Boise Pride being targeted. Right. Yeah, it just feels really unsurprising. And I will also say, like, it it feels a little bit different to walk around Boise right now, where, like, last week I went out, you know, two nights in a row, and both nights had something said to me, like, in passing, like, harassing kind of thing, Um, which... I'm I'm kind of expect, um, you know, if like I'm wearing makeup or something like that, I do kind of expect that, but it's I've talked to several other queer folks that I know, uh, especially that are on the younger side, and it's yeah, it's 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 not just like this kind of vandalism that's being wrapped up. I think there's a lot more verbal harassment and stuff going on too, which yeah, is pretty scary because it, you know, this is how things escalate, for sure.
0: Uh, I'm so sorry to hear that, Blake. That really, really yeah. sucks. <laughs> it makes yeah. me so mad.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is frustrating.
0: Yeah, who
2: are who are the people who are who are saying this stuff?
1: Um,
2: I mean, I know it's hard. You can't make. You're, now I'm asking you to make like a blanket. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of times it's just really drunk people, um, which you know is. To me, more I can deal with that, you know, like I if I just like look at someone, I'm just like, okay, you're having your own night and you probably won't remember this. But yeah, I don't want to make any like generalizations. Um, but I will say in my experience it's mostly been, you know, young white men who I perceive to be straight that are really drunk.
0: Mm. Yeah. Can I ask what, what have been your conversations with your friends in the queer community about this right now? Like, What is it like to be young and and queer in Boise mm. at this moment?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think that there's kind of an energy of, again, having paid attention to this for um, several years now, the buildup of this kind of thing. It's not surprising. Everyone at least feels a little bit prepared for it. Everyone that I know that I've talked to is like, you know pl- pretty politically aware and so this this frankly is just part of of normal life for a lot of young queer people, especially like those who like dress or appear like very queer coded sure um of like you know this is just kind of expected right now, which is not great i I, <laughs> I say that, and it makes it sound like it's like acceptable. it's not mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. um but At the same time, this is just part of our lived experiences right now. Uh, Obviously, we're going to do what we can to make that not the case, but that is what it is right now. Mm.
2: I have a... I mean, so one of the things I think about a couple of things, and and one is like, I, I love that the neighbors in the North End rallied all these flags going up around town, you know, sort of showing this support, you know, hey, we got your back. But there's also a part of me that's like, what? Like it's it's fantastic, and so yes, and 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 what else can we do? Like flags right. are wonderful, but like something has to. You know, we got to change, and mm. and I we need to address. We need to address the root of the problem, and I I don't know how to do that.
1: Yeah, you bring up a good point about kind of like flags are great, but they're you know their entire purpose is to be exhibitive like it's you know it's just kind of a um flags are pretty performative uh and that's great there's absolutely space for that but again the the buck can't stop there um so a lot of this is like i think looking at the people who are affected most right now specifically trans youth Mm. uh, are just being targeted in in a huge way and i will also say you know oftentimes i've seen people you know Flying pride flags, uh, who then go on to say, like, well, you know, I don't know about, <laughs> you know, gender affirming care for for youth, and it's like, well, that's life preserving, you know, medicine, uh, and medical care. So, I think really focusing on trans folks right now, um, and the black and brown trans folks in particular, uh, you know, in Idaho, they are just singled out even, you know, that much more than in other places. So I think really focusing on that, but also just focusing on at a really local level, how do we actually take care of people? Hmm. Um, So I think that there's a lot of focus on like mutual aid and just kind of mutual support, knowing that like this kind of thing is expected, but also how do we take care of each other? So it's just a lot of like, you know really close knit uh friendships. I think it all it's all about like at the relationship level for me right now anyway rather than like a big, you know, nationwide policy or anything. That just doesn't feel really feasible right now um or effective, but like caring for people does.
0: Yeah, the we take care of ourselves ethos and um yeah. yeah. Gosh, Boise, do better. <laughs> Lou. <laughs> do so 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 much better. Um well, thanks for sharing that, Blake. Yeah. Okay. Before before we wrap up, a couple more notes. Uh, today is the last day to register online to vote. Have you made your voting plan yet? We're we're less mm-hmm. than uh, four weeks away from election day, so be sure to register online. We have a lot of resources. In a recent episode, we called it Voter One Hundred and One. Uh, we'll link to some of that in the show notes too. And before we fully say goodbye to this week, let's talk about the weekend because um the weather is crazy. It's so yeah. nice out. <laughs> and maybe maybe it's it's too nice. Maybe it's too warm, uh certainly compared to what it should be at this time in October. What did what did you say Blake in the newsletter about how yeah. how much warmer we are than normal at this time in October?
1: Yeah, it was like I looked at the um average high of the four days of like the 13th through the 17th uh-huh. of last year and it averaged out to be 59.5 degrees for okay. the
0: high <laughs> and we're like 77.
1: today <laughs> yeah today and the next three days is 77 so uh yeah almost a full 20 degrees <laughs> warmer um which i will say i'm really enjoying it also makes it really hard to kind of like get into the halloween mood mm, um yeah and want to do fall things which i don't know yeah it's what it is like it, it I kind of have mixed feelings about that, but it is kind of a bummer.
0: Yeah. Okay. What are you doing this weekend? Do you have any plans for enjoying the unseasonably warm weather?
1: Well, actually, I wish I was staying in town uh, just to kind of hang out, but I am going out of town. Uh, My sister and I are going to Washington and we're going to try to find some, I forget, are they called larches? Like the conifer trees that turn yellow. (laughs) Western larch. Western larch. Okay. We're going to try to find some wish us luck don't know how it's gonna happen we're probably gonna go on some like fun hikes and stuff so yeah this
0: is like a leaf peeping adventure it sounds like
1: yeah i mean i we may not find them at all but we'll see
0: (laughs) i love it uh jennifer what about you
2: yeah i'm i'm gonna uh double down on the being outside so Mm. i think uh I like to ride my bike to the tram trail, get my cardio in, Mm. and then uh, ride over to the botanical garden and kind of do a little cool down through the garden, look at plants. There is one large tree there, so maybe I will be uh, also doing my own leaf peeping. For yellow needles
0: and beautiful fall color.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, the botanical garden in the fall. Yeah. That's that's an underrated uh place. We've we've talked about them a little bit, but that's that's yeah. fun. I am going to go to I'll probably ride my bike. Eh, maybe I'll walk. I'll walk. Uh, with my dog Daphne down to the Boise Farmers Market. I can't take her into the market, so my husband will have to come with me to hold on to her. Um, and they're doing there's only a few weeks left, I think, of the outdoor uh Boise Farmers Market. And there's supposed to be some leafy greens back and Mm. uh maybe some, you know, final fall tomatoes. I'll get some more, um, and maybe some apples or something like that. So that's what yeah. I'm up to. Oh my gosh! If you guys need tomatoes, please hit me. Really? Up. Ooh, really? <laughs> oh yeah, cherry tomatoes.
2: I don't know what to do with them. I mean, we can only make so many sauces. So, <laughs> the two renters are like, "Really? You
1: have a really? yeah.
0: garden <laughs> fair to give us? <laughs> we'll take it." <laughs> Blake, Jennifer, thanks so much. This is a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to City Boise this week. CityCast Cast Boise is produced by Evelyn Avitia and Jennifer Jarrett, and we had heaps of help from Lizzie Goldsmith this week. Blake Hunter writes our Hey Boise newsletter, and I'm Frankie Barnhill, host and lead producer of the show. Our music is by All the Kimonos and local band Up Is The Down Is The. We'll be back Monday with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend, Boise.
2: This past summer, I'm telling you.
1: I honestly, yeah.
2: <laughs> People are like, I'm out of here. We're not moving there.